In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it's great to see everyone on this Mother's Day. What a great day. Every mother has the breathtaking privilege of sharing with God in the creation of a new life. She helps bring into existence a soul that will last for all eternity. Isn't that a profound thought and truth? Even though people are born every single day all around the world and it's commonplace, the fact is, is that our mothers are co-creators with God of persons, persons that will move into eternity forever and ever. Well, we celebrate today our mothers who give us life and our mothers who give us love. A mother's love is wonderful, personal, intimate, enduring. A mother's love is quite amazing, as a matter of fact. From the first moment of conception and as the baby grows, this baby does all sorts of interesting things with mother's bodies. Don't children have a way of doing that? Transforming them, moving them around. And then, that's just the beginning. Once the baby comes into this world, there is instant neediness. A neediness that cries out over and over and over again. Neediness that is almost endless, but mothers continue to love continue to embrace. I talked to one mother uh, at the nine o'clock service just afterwards. She was telling of a story uh, and she remembered this fondly of uh, the baby that usually kind of wanted to be with dad. They were at Disneyland and they were eating dinner and but the baby wanted to be with the mom in that particular moment and she snuggled the baby and the baby threw up and went right down her dress. And, and, and the baby didn't get anything on it on, on her. Uh, and she remembered this memory fondly. <laughs> Maybe that's the best picture of a mother's love. Well, a mother's love is probably the highest form of human love that we see out there. Uh, but sometimes a mother's love can fail. Have you ever heard the prophet Isaiah that says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you, says the Lord. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. The truth is, a mother's love, which is amazing, is actually foundational and is helping us connect to even a greater love, a perfect love, the love of our Heavenly Father. God's divine love is absolutely perfect, it never varies, it's enduring, and it always seeks our best and is never clouded by its own issues. And so mom's love is to help bring us to the father's love. And that's what these passages are about in John's letter and in the 15th chapter of the Gospel of John. It's about this amazing love of God the Father, sharing that love with his son, the love of the Father and the Son come and are revealed to us, and we are called to receive it, to enter into it, and then to share that love with one another 
and then share the love into the outside world that we would bear fruit for God and glorify God and partner with God in what God is doing in the world. And this is just the circle of God's love. It begins with God's love. That love is extended to us. We receive it. We live in it. We remain in Christ to be empowered to love each other. And we love our neighbor. And so it's just a constant circle of love that we are engaged in. Last week, Bob Wismer found a branch from a bush somewhere on our campus and used it as part of his children's sermon. Last week, of course, was Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And he brought the branch and he showed them the branch and it was green, but he asked, will this stay green? And every child knew, no, it will wither and die because it's not connected to the root of the bush. And Father Illwood told us and reminded us about the practice of the presence of God. The first thing I want you all to remember today is that we need to remain in and with Christ if we are to fulfill that command to love God and to love our neighbor. We have to remain in and with Christ if we are going to actually bear fruit for God. If we're going to be a part of what God is doing, we have to remain and abide and be connected to Christ himself. Remember, I talked about the neediness that children have when they come out. Well, we all know that that neediness doesn't ever end, does it? We don't think anything about the fact that we need to eat multiple times a day, right? We don't think anything about the fact that we have to drink water constantly all day just to function normally. Well, the same is true in the spiritual life, except somehow we're confused about that. It is the temptation that as we get older and we are able to sort of manage our life, we're able to be a nice person most of the time that we think that, that everything is the way it should be. But the call of Jesus to love with a sacrificial love, the love of someone who lays down his life for his friends, which Jesus himself did, the call to love with a self-offering, self-giving love is something that we cannot perform in our own power. At 53 years of age, I am ready to admit, although I've been admitting it for years, but I'm ready to admit I cannot bear fruit for God. I cannot love the way that I'm supposed to love, the way that Jesus calls me to love. I can be a nice guy most of the time. I cannot do those things unless I am connected to Christ. Unless the life of Christ is coming in and through me, the life of the Spirit, only then am I able to love with the love of Jesus. Because the love of Jesus has to flow through me. I can get short-circuited by any number of things during the day. Low blood sugar will short-circuit my ability to love. My own kids will say to me, Dad, you need to eat. And I do. I need to eat, but more than I need to eat, I need to wake up 
and say my prayers. I need to say the prayers during the day. I need to remember God during the day. I need to have a whole bag of tricks in order to keep my mind and my heart connected with God. And so do you, because you're no different than I am. We are all in this together. And so remaining and abiding in Christ, remaining in that consciousness of God to allow the flow of Christ's love and the spirit to flow through us is, in fact, the Christian life that Jesus is speaking about. Did you hear what Jesus said? He says, I've spoken all these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy might be complete or fulfilled. Isn't that amazing? God is inviting us into this life of love and joy, and we can experience it if we will remain connected to Christ if we will remain in union and abide in him, we can have a life of joy. That doesn't mean that it will be a problem-free life for sure. But we can wake up every single day and say, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We can say our prayers. We can set out on our day knowing that the great God of love, the great God of the universe is with us, loving us every single second. God's love for us is not jeopardized by anything in this world. That's why we have this conquering joy, because nothing can separate us from that love of God. God's love is always coming to us, and we can walk with God, we can talk with God, we can share God our issues and our problems, because God perfectly loves us. And that's the joy and the love that God wants each one of us to have. That's the love and the joy that God wants each one of us to experience every single day. Well, there's another thing I want us to hear. Jesus said that we are actually friends. Did you hear that? He says, I no longer call you servants and slaves, but I call you my friends. Are you a friend of God? Has your relationship with God come to the place to where you don't feel that you need to keep God at arm's length? That you can let him in and reveal yourself, the good, the bad, the ugly, and know that God will still be with you? Another word that might be good to use is, are you partners with God? Is that how you understand your relationship with God? Not God way out there somewhere, but God with us, in us, around us, as we move through our day. God wants us to be friends. God wants us to be partners because he has work for us to do. So we're invited into this great, loving relationship with God. We are called to remain in and with God and with Christ in order to love one another. And when that is mentioned, that, that is really talking about the church. That's talking about us, that we are to love one another as a symbol and a sign of the outside world that God's love is actually present here and then we're actually supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves, and those are the people outside 
of this particular community because God has things for us to do. God wants us to bear fruit. And so God wants us to return his love, to be involved in his love, but God has work for us to do because God is on a rescue mission for this entire world. In that letter of 1 John, it talks about the victory, the conquest of the world. God's love, our faith in that love, and our participation in that love, and our expression of that love is actually involved in the conquest of this world. This is God's world. It was made good. Now it's full of problems. It's full of people and systems that don't really want God around because things will have to change if God showed up. And so we, as God's people, are moving into this world, spreading his love and his word, and some people rejoice when they hear it. And some people are ambivalent. And then there's other people that don't want anything to do with this because it threatens their ways and their life. And so we are to be faithful in bearing fruit to God, whether people like what we have to say or not, whether they like God around or not. But God's will will be done in this world, and this world will be redeemed. It will be renewed sometime when God sees fit to renew and change all things to where his love is the only thing that exists, where his kingdom finally fully comes. But we are involved in bearing fruit for God. What is this fruit? Well, I mentioned that part of the fruit is the love that we have for one another. So when we come and worship and gather, that is a sign of the love of God. When we come and gather together in other groups, it is a sign of the love of God, not only for us, but the outside world. As we move outside these doors, we are showing God's love to others, which may never come here. They may never know us. We may never know them, in fact. But I'm sure that you've heard words like lots and ma'am and Fairhaven Food Pantry and Highland Heights Elementary, the list goes on and on, but those are things that we collectively bear fruit for God in this world because we are giving of our time and our talent and our treasure to those outside this community, and that is a part of what bearing fruit is. In fact, I got a letter from the Fairhaven Food Pantry just this last week, and the letter was to St. Francis, and the letter said, thank you so much we actually had run out of cereal and we were completely out and you happened to bring about five boxes of cereal from our little basket. Now think about that. There were hungry kids out there. We won't know who they are. We, don't, we probably won't meet them. But we are bearing fruit as those Cheerios go to Fairhaven Food Pantry. That's how simple this is. I just want to make sure that these themes kind of get back down to earth because those are the types of things that bear fruit for God. Well, we are called to be partners with God. We're called to be God's friends. 
And we need to receive that calling. We need to take it to heart because God's love for us is not going to change. But we are missing the joy and the fulfillment and the partnership with God if we don't undertake that every single day in our thoughts, in our prayers, and in our worship. We are a part of bearing fruit for God and a part of this great victory that God is working on setting this world right. Well, I want to finish with something that was sent to me that I think is just really fine. It's uh, what kids say to their moms. At six years, kids say, Mommy, I love you. At 10 years, Mom, whatever. At 16, my mom is so annoying. At 18, I want to leave this house. At 25, Mom, you were right. At 30, I want to go to Mom's house. At 50, I don't want to lose my mom. At 70, I would, do, I would give up everything for my mom to be here with me. So true. Nothing, nothing would make your mom more happy than for you to partner with God, to live in the life and the love and the joy of God, and to bear much fruit for God and His kingdom. Amen. Amen.